Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading From Yourself and Your House Wonderful by H.A. Gerber. Chapter 10. Being Careful for the Sake of Others. In olden times, when the father of the family had to grow all the cotton and flax and to raise all the wool used for garments, when the mother had to clean it, spin it, weave it, dye it, and make it up into clothes with no help of sewing or any other of our fine machines, it is no wonder that people had too few clothes to change as often as good health requires. Even 40 years ago, during our Civil War, cotton was so very dear that a handkerchief cost nearly a dollar. It is no wonder, therefore, that people who lived in those days could not, many of them, afford to buy handkerchiefs, and thus got into the habit of blowing their noses with their fingers. Now that you can buy a handkerchief for two cents, if need be, there is no excuse whatever for not having one always on hand, and a clean one at that. All children should therefore learn very early to have a handkerchief, and to use it to keep their noses and mouths clean, and to wipe off their fingers when necessary. A child who does not have a handkerchief, and use it freely instead of snuffling or sniffling, has not been well brought up, and should be taught good habits as soon as possible. All the children who read this book are, of course, old enough to know how to use their handkerchiefs, but they should also be careful to teach their little brothers and sisters how to use them too, so they can keep clean and never present the disgusting sight of a dirty nose. Little children can be nicely trained in this matter very early, provided their older brothers and sisters are careful and always give them a good example. Boys may think it's manly to imitate some old workmen they have seen and to blow their noses with their fingers. These boys evidently do not know that if handkerchiefs had been cheap and plentiful when those men were young, as they are now, these men would never have gotten into habits which shock people now because they are neither clean nor nice. People should always use their handkerchiefs whenever they have anything in their mouths which they wish to spit out. Doctors have found out within the last few years that spittle often contains many little diseased germs. When the spittle dries, these little germs are set free, caught up by the wind, and begin to fly about. Then they can be drawn right into other people's lungs, where they often find little corners where they can settle down comfortably and grow until they cannot be driven out any more. The person in whose lungs they thus settle soon grows weak and ill, and thousands of people die every year from disease caught in just this way. Because the spittle from one sick person, who may not know he is sick, can make many others ill, the laws in certain cities and states forbid spitting in the street, in any conveyance, or in a public building. Anyone who disobeys this law is likely to be arrested or fined. I am sure that all you children will now see how wise this law is, and how important it is for public health that no one should ever be allowed to break it. Our duty is, therefore... To watch over ourselves closely, to see we always spit into our handkerchiefs only, to train all the younger children to do so too, and help the police in every way to enforce a law which was made to guard us one and all from a deadly enemy. If there's a consumptive person in your house, he or she should not only sleep in a bed, but in a room alone. Besides, there should always be plenty of fresh air in this room. 
Even a person only a little consumptive should never spit into anything but a paper handkerchief, which should be used only a few times and then burned, so as to make sure all the little disease seeds are killed right away. If cotton or linen handkerchiefs are used, they should always be boiled. After clothes have been thoroughly boiled, they can always be used again by anyone without danger. In that way only, one can make sure that all the little disease seeds are killed before they can do anyone else any harm. If everybody were really careful about these things, there would not be nearly as many sick people in the world as there are now, and everybody would therefore be much happier. There are many, many catching diseases a few of which everyone is likely to take some time in his life. Some are caught by breathing in little disease seeds, or by catching a sick person's breath, or some are taken by touching a sick person's skin or some article of dress he or she has worn. Chicken pox, measles, whooping cough, mumps, scarlet fever, diphtheria, and smallpox are all diseases which spread very rapidly, unless great care is taken to prevent their doing so. While chickenpox, measles, mumps, and whooping cough are quite common, and not at all dangerous in themselves, children often die from these very diseases if they do not receive proper care while they have them. You may think your mama very unkind to keep you in bed or in a dark room, when perhaps you hardly feel sick at all. But mama knows if you catch cold while suffering from any of these diseases, you may be very ill indeed, so ill that you may be die, or be sickly the rest of your life. Your mother also knows that a child who has the measles should always be kept in a dark room, for if the light shines into your eyes while you are thus ill, you may have weak or sore eyes for many years afterwards. Scarlet fever, diphtheria, and smallpox are much worse diseases than measles or whooping cough, and for that reason all the doctors and health boards watch over those who have them. They do so because they wish to prevent their being careless or doing anything which should spread those diseases. Every person in our country should feel it a sacred duty to be as careful as possible not to give any sickness to anyone else. A child with the mumps, the whooping cough, or any other catching disease should be taught to keep far away from all other children until all danger of giving it to them is entirely over. It is because your teachers do not wish the other children to run any risk of getting sick that they send you home whenever they think you may have any catching disease, or when they know there is such an illness in your house, and fear that you might bring it to others in your clothes. There are also many catching skin and eye diseases, so if you see a child with sore eyes or a blotchy, pimply skin, you had better keep far away from him until your mother can find out whether it is quite safe for you to sit or play together. The best way to avoid being ill or catching unpleasant things is to keep well and happy yourself, to be perfectly clean, not to take cold, and to stay far away from anyone from whom you could catch anything unpleasant. People can get very sick if they are not careful to keep warm and dry when it is cold and rainy. If you have not clothes enough to keep warm, just fold some old newspapers around your back and chest and wear them between layers of your clothes. Paper is the warmest and lightest thing anyone can wear, and for that reason many poor people make paper comfortables for their beds by sewing a number of newspapers together. Sometimes, to prevent these newspapers from tearing, they are fastened between two thicknesses of calico. In that way, fine, large comfortables can be made for less than 25 cents apiece. When you get wet or even damp, you should always change your clothes right away. If you cannot do so, keep moving briskly until you have a chance to change them, for you will be far less likely to take cold if you keep your body warm inside by plenty of exercise. Your feet especially should always be dry, so do not grumble anymore when Mama tells you to change your shoes and stockings. 
Instead of pouting, see how quickly you can obey, and find out in how short a time a smart boy or girl can get out of wet shoes and stockings and into dry ones. Some people can do it inside of two minutes. Can you beat that record? Try it next time your feet are wet and find out. In driving past a poor cottage one cold day, a lady saw several little barefooted children. She felt sorry for the little things when she saw their blue legs and feet, and bought them each two pairs of strong shoes and thick stockings. The children and their mother were delighted, and every time the lady passed, the little ones waved their hands and pointed joyfully at their nicely clothed feet. But one day, no children were playing in front of the cottage door. The lady was so surprised that she got out of the carriage and knocked at the door. When the mother opened, there was an awful scowl on her face, and when the lady asked, "'Where are the children? Are they sick?' "'Sick? Sure, and it's almost dead they are,' answered the woman angrily, "'and it's all your fault. They never were sick before, and now they all have croup, and the doctor says it's all because they wore wet shoes and stockings.' "'Why didn't you make them change their shoes and stockings if their feet were wet?' asked the lady. "'I gave each child two pairs of shoes and stockings on purpose.' But the woman would not listen. She ran into the house, gathered up all the shoes and stockings, and threw them at the lady's feet, saying, "'Take back your old shoes and stockings, and don't come here any more trying to kill my children.' Then she slammed the door in her face. "'Do you think this woman was right? What do you think she should have done?' To keep one's feet dry, it is best to wear thick shoes, leggings, and rubbers in stormy weather, but these should only be worn out of doors. As soon as you get in the house, always be sure to take off your rubbers, or else your feet will grow tender and sore, and you'll be far more likely to catch cold and be ill. You see, as you are the owners and keepers of your little houses, you always have to bear in mind how you can best keep them in first-class order and repair, so you won't need to be ashamed of their appearance or feel uncomfortable. Any master who lives in a badly kept house can neither be comfortable nor happy, and his house will soon go to pieces. Besides, he is not faithful, for God has given each of us a house to be used, but not to be abused. The hair, which grows so thickly all over your head, has to be kept in good order, if you do not wish to look like a savage or a Shetland pony. Hair gets dirty as well as the skin, and needs a good washing every once in a while. Boys who keep their hair short all their lives have no trouble in washing it. They should give their heads a good scrubbing at least once a week, and oftener if they work at some dusty or dirty trade. A good combing and hard brushing will keep your hair in order the rest of the time. It does not need to be plastered down with hair oil or water to look neat. In fact, it will be much better for your hair and scalp, the skin on your head, if you are satisfied to comb and brush it and leave it when it needs it and leave it alone the rest of the time. Each hair is supplied with its own little oil can, hidden under the skin, which pours out just enough of the right kind of oil to keep it in good condition, and you do not need to add any other kind of grease. The shorter a boy keeps his hair, the easier it will be to keep clean. For that reason, soldiers and officers always keep it cut as closely as possible. Girls who have long hair ought to always cover it up with a cap or handkerchief while they're sweeping or dusting or doing any other dirty work. If they are careful about this matter, their hair will keep clean longer and will not need to be washed so often. A girl's hair needs washing only about once a month, provided she is very careful when sweeping, does not perspire much, and combs and brushes it thoroughly morning and evening. When the hair is long or curly and thick, it is apt to tangle pretty badly. The quickest and easiest way to get the snarls out, without breaking or pulling out any other hair, is to hold the hair firmly in one hand and the comb in the other. 
Begin within an inch or two of the ends and comb down. When the comb runs smoothly through that part of the hair, start an inch or two further up and again comb downward. By proceeding thus, you take out the tangles little by little and really get through your task much sooner and with far less discomfort. Nicely combed, smoothly brushed, and neatly braided or twisted hair always looks pretty. But flying locks are never tidy, and curls and frizzies, not of nature's own making, are a great waste of time and patience. You should always do up your hair neatly before leaving your room in the morning, and if you want it to look nice and last long, you should brush and comb it also before you go to bed, and see that it is done up securely, so as not to be in your way, and not to get badly tangled while you are asleep. Fingernails need brushing almost every time you wash your hands, and they need cleaning whenever they are the least bit dirty. Still, you should never clean them in public, but do this in your own room, in the toilet room, or when you are sure you are alone. Never mind what dirty work you have to do. You can, if you like, have clean hands and fingernails when your work is over. Finger and toenails should be kept just short enough to come even with the tops or ends of fingers and toes. It is always best to cut them with sharp scissors, and a little practice will soon enable you to cut those on your right hand as well as on your left. When cutting your fingernails, you may, if you choose, round off the corners. You should carefully push back the skin at the bottom or root of the nail so the little half-moon shows. If you push back the skin in this way, you won't have any hangnails. As your shoes press on either side of your feet, you should cut your toenails straight across and not round off the corners. If you do so, you may suffer from ingrowing toenails, which hurt very badly. There are many children, and some grown-ups, who I am sorry to say, bite their fingernails. This is a very bad and unpleasant habit, which may harm them, and which also makes other people very uncomfortable. As our hands touch everything, they are, of course, most likely to get dirty and to pick up tiny disease seeds, which, if we put our fingers to our lips, may be swallowed and perhaps make us ill. Besides, fingernails are very rough, and the sharp parings may damage the tender skin of the stomach and pipes through which they have to pass before they can be cast out of your body as waste. Next time you cut your nails, just take a paring and jab yourself with it. You will soon find that it is pretty sharp and it can pierce even the tough skin on your hand. So, fingernails, if swallowed, can punch tiny holes in your inner tubes and do a lot of mischief down there. Doctors will even tell you of cases where children have died merely because they had the bad habit of biting their fingernails and swallowing the little bits in their mouth. Now, any bad habit can be broken if you try hard enough all the time, and surely any sensible boy or girl will understand that this habit is not only offensive to others, but very dangerous to the one who practices it, and will therefore try to get rid of it as soon as possible. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Visit our website at www.enchantedlibrary.net to see our past books or to connect with us on Facebook. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.